Well, thanks for tuning in to yet another week of the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam here on KCMJ.org, 93.9 FM. That first recording was a recording uh, that Sean Hanlon and I did. Uh, We did a duo recording of Love for Sale a while back, and Sean Hanlon is actually playing some keys today, and he's also our head engineer. I promoted him. Head engineer. All right. And also in the studio, we've got one of the most illustrious guitar players of Colorado Springs, Mr. Rico Southie. Oh, he's so sweet. Thank you so much, man, for coming in today. Very welcome. Thanks for having me. We're going to learn a lot about Rico. We're going to hear a lot of his awesome music over his uh, discography. And uh, we're going to hear about his career. And uh, so, Rico, let's just dive right in, man. What, What made you get into music? What made you start playing the guitar? Well, I, uh, my parents tell me it was uh, when I was a young kid, very young, around two. Uh, they just noticed um, when music came on that I would, you know, shake my hands. My mother said I'd shake my hands up in the air and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. And and uh, they kind of they told me they said they kind of knew something was up at that time. And um, uh, as I got older, um, you know, my my relatives had given me, you know, guitars. Um, Spanish guitars and my parents got me ukulele and I'd say around six or seven I started messing around with the ukulele more than the guitar because it was way too big my grandmother gave me a a full-size guitar and I really couldn't play very well but I'd say around I don't know between six and eight I started dabbling and and just you know really just had a immense interest toward the guitar I don't know Um, my parents said that I grabbed a broom once when I was uh, three they actually got a picture of me and was strumming it now, I, I, I find that hard to believe, but they said it's true. But anyway, so, yeah. Um, yeah, ever since that, I mean, ever since I was a little boy, that I can, you know, from when I can remember, I was always, always interested in the guitar. So did, were you in, um, you know, you, you, you progressed and took lessons and whatnot with people? I did, yeah. I, I uh, started, uh, my lessons st- kind of started around, I'd say around uh, about 10, something like that. I was taken from a... Uh, a guitar player called Bob Holly. He was a friend of my father's, and um, my uh, my father was an artist, and he was had these you know really artsy fartsy kind of people, and and Bob was <laughs> was <laughs> Bob was one of them, and and uh, he was you know was into like kind of flamenco ish type stuff, and so he taught me you know uh, just just you know standard you know this kind of stuff. And then it went, you know, it's a progressive finger style. Sweet home Alabama, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, but he taught me one of the coolest things he taught me though was this was this this rhythm. Oh. So at at ten, that was the you coolest know, thing. Whoa, you know, <laughs> you know, I could you know take these uh, simple little chords uh, and kind of really. So I was getting down there at uh, you know between ten and twelve, just <laughs> strumming away at these uh, particular rhythms. Where did you grow up at? Well, I was born in Puerto Rico. I grew up in upstate New York, uh, Binghamton, New York. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so um, I pretty much stayed there till I joined the Air Force. You know. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, uh, just to kind of keep us moving in, in the in the direction of your fundamental background. So, did you play in high school band or anything like that? I did not. I I had the opportunity. Uh, I mean, we didn't have. It was a small town in Binghamton, New York. It's not a not a very big place, and. I remember uh, uh, going to uh, start in the program, and uh, he gave me some books uh, on, you know, uh, 
history of classical music and at the time I just wasn't ready for that you know I was like oh is this how it's going to be you know and uh, so I just d- decided not to not to join and and uh, just pretty much um, did my own thing you know a- as a teenager I mean as far as uh, taking private lessons I had like three instructors but it, being that it was I know that part of the world I was meeting a lot of you know rock guitar players teachers and um uh, you know, uh, I did meet, uh, some players that were, you know, giving me some modal stuff and, and, but I, you know, at 14, 15, 16, you know, it was, it was tough, you know, trying to figure out where I wanted to go. I was just so enthralled with, with so many varieties of music, uh, pretty much growing up with, with my dad's recordings, you know, Les Paul and, and all these different things. And, um, uh, mixing it up with a whole bunch of, uh, uh, music from SUNY Binghamton, which is the, um, University of Binghamton up in the city of Binghamton and, and listening to that station. And so I, I couldn't, I think between 14 and 18, it was really a struggle for me because I just, uh, I, I, I liked so much and, and I didn't quite fit in, I felt, into the rock and roll scene. Um, so I didn't, you know, participate in that much. But I think I'd say 14 and 18 was definitely just just studying and and trying to find my way, you know, as a guitar player, you know, just what what it was that I wanted to do, you know. Interesting. Awesome. Well, we've got a lot of music to get through. We've got some music from Rico's recordings that he's done over throughout the years. So this first one uh, is called Sunday in Germany. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Well, it, it was just uh, a piece that I wrote. I was uh, I lived in Germany for quite a long time, and and um, I was just basically sitting at home uh, practicing, and and it was uh, it was a Sunday, and uh, my wife was out, and and I just had this melody in my head, which you'll hear, and uh, like a lot of tunes, they come very quickly, so I tried to jot it down as much as I can. I used to have a recorder that I had. To, that I would uh, uh, to to make sure because a lot of times when I wrote when I write tunes they come and they go and if I don't have something around me then I kind of they they start kind of uh, dissipating. So anyway, this is just a song I wrote in Germany um, called Sunday in Germany, and that was it. Awesome, Rico Southie here on the Colin Truesdell Jazz Jam. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was Rico Southie here on the Colin Truesdell Jazz Jam on KCMJ.org, 93.9 FM. We appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully you'll tune in again every single Sunday night at 8 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. The show re-airs on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. If you're interested in supporting this show, you can go on to Facebook and please like the show. It's called the Colin Truesdell Jazz Jam on KCMJ. And you can also download every single episode of this show that we have done so far on iTunes as a podcast. So you just type in Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam into, podca- into iTunes as a podcast, and you can subscribe. And we hope that you share it with all your buddies around town. Um, and then also, if you want to help this station, KCMJ, you can always go to the kcmj.org website and donate. There's a green donate button. With your generous donations, this station can stay alive, and we really appreciate all of that. So back in the studio, though, we've got Mr. Rico Southie. He is a legend around Colorado Springs. So, Rico, um, we got a lot more music to get through, but I want to I want to kind of get your, your story a little bit more. So after high school, like a lot of people, you're kind of let loose out of the gate. So what happened? Well, you know, I uh, I'd say about I don't know about eight months after graduating high school. You know, it was like one of those things where, you know, small town, uh, you know, I want to get the hell out of here kind of thing, <laughs> you know. I mean, I was up in the boonies. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen upstate New York, but, we, you know, we're out there. I mean, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. But I was ready to move. And uh, when I was in high school, of course, they had the Air Force and all the military guys, you know, coming in. And uh, I'd gone down and, you know, went to see the Army, Air Force, and all those guys. And the Air Force was kind of enticing. The recruiter was really cool. And at the time, I wanted to uh, basically just go to school and, and travel. I mean, and uh, he was really cool. We hung out for a while and, and used to play pool. And, and eventually, I ended up joining the Air Force and um, going to school and, and studying nursing. <laughs> they, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, because it was one of those things, you know, it was always, uh, well, until I got older, but, um, you know, a lot of people are, you know, oh, well, you better have something to back, you know, back yourself up, you know, because you're a musician. And, and I have to admit, I really hated nursing, uh, but I did it for a couple <laughs> of years. I did it for a couple of years, you know, the whole microbiology and physiology and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and it was uh, at Weber State, um, my second, uh, well, two years in the Air Force, um, about two years that I just was in microbiology class. And I'm just listening to the, you know, this lecture. And I just was looking in this book and going, what the hell am I doing, you know? So, um, I decided to, uh, to make a change. Now at the time I was still playing. I had, I had, uh, you know, did the whole, you know, I played with, um, uh, when I first joined the air force in 79, um, I had a band called, uh, charisma and, um, you know, it was, I wanted to do all original music. I mean, that was the one thing I've always wanted to do. And, and so I was trying to put that together and I had a 10 piece band and we worked and worked and worked on that. And, um, it got to about 11 pieces and a lot of attitudes, uh, problems, and I quit. And uh, I got called back uh, from some of the players, and we ended up doing this whole uh, talent show thing with the Air Force, the Tops and Blue thing. And, you know, we got Best of Show and all this stuff and went to California and did all the command stuff. And um, and that kind of was really exciting and... and um, and then after that, uh, basically just moved to Germany. And that's when things really, really changed. That was probably, I would say, about 81, 81, something like that. And that's when I met the Air Force Band. I was uh, didn't even know there was an Air Force Band. 
and I was just happened to be at Simbach Air Base, and I was walking at, up at headquarters up there, and, and all these band guys came off this bus, and it was like just like a river of band people, you know, kind of passing me, and I'm like, whoa. So I was just talking to these guys, like, oh, who are you guys? And they're like, oh, we're the Air Force Band. And, and I said, oh, wow. And they said, oh, are you a musician? I said, yeah, I play guitar. And, and just right there, they said, whoa, they, I think they need a guitar. I think they're looking for a guitar player. And I said, really? And I said, yeah, call Chief, you know, Ackerman and, or whatever. And uh, yeah, and that was it. You know, that's, that was the transition. I mean, you know, I, I went ahead and auditioned for the band there, at the, um, the Glenn Miller Band, as it was called back then. Uh, on Siedlerhof and um, back in 80, I think it was about 83 and um, got in and then ended up going to, uh, I think 84, ended up going to Kiesler for about a year and three months. And then I came, they sent me back to uh, the Air Force Band and uh, the Glenn Miller Band or the USAFE, what they call the USAFE Band now. And I stayed there from 86 till almost 93 just playing with those guys and and that was that was really as a 20 year old you know 20 ish 20 year old that was probably where i where i really just was thrown into the fire you know it was like you know okay play glenn miller and play rock and play country and play solo guitar and play this and play that and then i was also sound engineer with them as well i volunteered um so i used to actually run sound and play guitar on stage (laughs) man (laughs) jack of all trades so how long were you in the air force total I was a total. I was in for thirteen years. Yeah, and then you just decided to. Decide. Well, it was it was a tough decision. I I had been touring with the band, um, the Usafi band, from '86 till '93, and we were on the road almost two hundred days a year. I mean, I was on the road a lot, and we were traveling. That was a time. I think that was a before the Cold Cold War was over around '89 '90. Um, we were just, as you all well know doing the whole, you know, America, you know, is a good place and we're good people. And, you know, so we're playing in Norway and Sweden and, you know, the East, uh, you know, the, what they, what used to be the East, you know, the whole Romania and, you know, all those different places and Turkey and, and all the, and, you know, just all sorts of uh, um, embassies and, you know, festivals and just everything you can imagine. So I'd say about uh, two years around, I'd say around 91, I was getting pretty burnt out. You know, I had enough and um, I just wanted to do something else. So I, I actually wanted to cross train into radio and television, but there was a cross training freeze in Europe. And, um, and at the same time, uh, the, what they call the SSB program was coming out where they were giving people money to get out of the Air Force. And uh, bonuses, what I think they call it, SSB bonus or something like that. And it was a tough call. I mean, I, I, um, I, nobody really knew what was going on at that time. And that was when they were doing the drawdowns around, I'd say around 92 to 95. And commanders, supervisors couldn't tell anybody that was um, thinking about that program. Yeah, you know, you can, you can't, you know, they just couldn't say anything. So, it was a tough decision. I, I made the call. I was like, okay, well, I can't cross train. I've, I've had enough, uh, you know, I want to move on. I mean, after being with the Air Force Band, I, I was doing the high school scene, excuse me. I, I'd done the whole, you know, the whole recruiting scene in, at, at Keesler for a year and three months. And I didn't want to go back to that, you know. I mean, after touring so much with the, with the band and um, I just, you know, I wanted something different, but I couldn't cross train. And so I decided, made the decision to get out. 
you know, yeah, I mean, everybody was against it. They're like, Hey, I wouldn't do it. Um, but I said, what guarantee? Nobody could guarantee me anything. So I, uh, I know people I've stayed in that were in the same position that I was in and, 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 uh, they didn't have to get out, but I just, you know, decided to get out. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people do get out. <laughs> yes. I got out once. <laughs> it's not a bad thing to get out. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that at all. I think it's interesting though. Yeah, it was because it was a great experience. I mean, it really changed my life. Uh, the Air Force, um, you know, from a small town in upstate New York to just traveling, just traveling as much as I was traveling. And so that real time experience was just, you know, you can, just can't get that, you know, in an institution. But uh, were you like an E five when you got out? I was an E five, yeah. And did you get the bonus at least? I did get the bonus. Yeah, oh, I got the, yeah, nice. it, was, it was cool. Yeah, I got I got the bonus, and you know, chunk the of whole, change chunk of change and they give you you know let you keep your id card for two years and you know medical and all that kind of you know the gi bill and stuff so i took the gi bill and just went back to uh i mean i traveled around i went to berkeley and university of north texas and my university of miami and all that stuff and um you know uh i was accepted at miami um under partial scholarship and then uh, i went to university of north texas and that was grueling uh got accepted there but it was, you know, not all the people that I ended up with were from University of North Texas. Um, uh, um, but anyway, I went to Berkeley and, you know, there was that was just like cattle call up there. I mean, it was just so many. I think there was like a thousand guitar students up there at the time. And uh, the guy that I ended up studying with, Jack Peterson, was um, the instructor that... Um, uh, that uh, he didn't like to be called a professor. He was, uh, what do they call him, uh, uh, artist in resident. He taught all those cats. You know, the the head of uh, the Berkeley program was was Jack Peterson's student. And um, Bunky Green, who was a great sax player down at the University of North Texas, or University of North Florida, uh, told me, he said, hey, man, you know, he said, forget about those, you know, Berkeley and forget about those, you know, big city schools. He says, come down, you know, come down here in Woodshed and uh you know you can really focus we've got a small program they did they only had 12 guitar players at the time and i did I, for two years jack and, and it was funny i found jack and he only had two years left so i stayed with him for two years and pretty much i uh, didn't follow the curriculum got you know i transferred in um and uh pretty much studied uh with jack for two years hitting all core core courses that i could hit and uh, did that along with uh, in Orlando uh, studying um, uh, sound engineering at the uh, Full Sail University. So those combinations uh, did that. And then when Jack was done, I decided, uh, my wife was European, I decided that, um, hey, we're going to move back to Europe. And so I made a phone call to uh, ex-Air Force Band DC guy, Earl Hassan, who was uh, teaching on bass. Uh, and they would give you an ID card to live, let you live in Germany um, legally. So I called them and said, hey, man, you know, can you get me a gig teaching? And in uh, 95, um, I got a gig, uh, I got a card that allowed me to be sponsored and live in Europe. So we moved to Europe. Uh, but before that, I, w I played with the Dobbins Reserve Band. So in 94, I played with the Dobbins Reserve Band for about a year uh, as well. So... Um, they went in Georgia. So I was actually down in Orlando and they needed a guitar player so bad that they paid me to drive from Orlando all the way to Atlanta. Wow. And, uh, the commander after a while said, um, 
he goes, man, you're making more money than me. He goes, I'm not, <laughs> we can't do this anymore. So after about, a, I'd say about eight, nine, I don't know, that was close to a year, they just decided to stop that. But that was a great experience too because I was playing uh, big band charts. Um, it was like four horn players, drummer, bass player, and yeah, guitar. And it was just awesome. You know, a lot of the bands that I played with uh, were always, you know, duet, just always included guitar, very rarely with keyboards, you know, aside from the Air Force Band. So that was also a great learning experience. So. Awesome. Well, let's hear another tune. We got uh, Echoes of Spain. Can you give us a little info on this one? Yeah, Echoes of Spain was actually a song that I wrote back in the 80s. Uh, I used to, uh, you know, I had, had a library of, of tapes and, and charts, and this happened to be uh, a song that just, once again, these melodies come quite quickly, and I uh, I wrote it, and after I wrote it and listened to it, uh, played it, I just called it Echoes of Spain. Echoes of Spain, Rico Southie here on the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam.
The Echoes of Spain, written by Rico Southey here on the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam on KCMJ.org, 93.9 FM. Thanks for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. Getting back to what's going on here in the studio, we got Rico Southey. He's kind of giving us the details of his his career. And so, uh, so Rico, you, you were down in Florida, and you spent some time at the University of North Florida after you got out of the Air Force. And then uh, you, were, you were doing some stuff with a reserve band in Atlanta. And then uh, you, you and your wife, who is your European, got a hankering to move back to Germany, right? So to That's teach. correct, yes. All right, so what happened next? Well, basically I started um, uh, to live in Germany legally. Uh, they, they had a sponsorship program where you got, uh, had to get an ID card uh, and a facility had to sponsor you. In this case, it was the Volgaway Community Center. And I started teaching there uh, along with this guy, well, I think Earl Hassan, who was an ex-Air Force Band uh, guy, uh, um, you know, yeah, I think he moved to Ramstein. I started teaching there. But anyway, I started teaching at Volgaway uh, privately, one-on-one students, and stayed there for a while, uh, I guess about a year or two, and I moved to Ramstein at the community center there, which is a beautiful facility, and had a room there, and started teaching privately there. And... Um, I was teaching about four days a week. Uh, had a had a really good waiting list. I mean, my waiting list got up to about two hundred people, and um, so I, you know, I I had that coming in. But you said this is for at, guitar. This is for guitar. Yeah, nice. And uh, and actually, I did a little bass as well, but uh, not too much. But um, yeah, I did that. And then on the side, uh, of course, I was teaching privately in my home, and I was also playing. We're, I mean, we're, t- we're talking about, let's see, about 95. So I started meeting a lot of the jazz cats in town. Uh, and there was quite a few at the time. And uh, so I was playing with just a lot of European, um, uh, uh, I'd say, fusion groups um, and just making my rounds. And it was doing pretty well. And uh, we used to play on the Air Force Base as well. Um, I ended up playing with a band called Soul Providers as well. I, I, I stayed with them for 13 years. They were a very, very popular group in, in, in Europe. And so, yeah, so basically uh, it was just teaching, you know, practicing playing with all these these different bands. And uh, then, I'll, you know, of course I was writing music and, and doing all that stuff. And, and I, I, because of money, as a lot of musicians, you know, I, I was trying to figure out a way to record CDs without having to spend a ton of money. Um, and I decided to tried on my own so I went ahead and started recording uh, the music that you you uh, just heard and basically taking those files or taking those recordings from what they uh, back in those days from an ADAT machine a track ADAT machine and I would take it to a friend of mine uh, who was a drummer and soul providers at the time who had a beautiful studio pro Tools studio and we'd upload him and and then we do the mastering so I actually did that with every single one of my CDs. I've I've got four CDs and um, that you can that you can uh, listen to at ricosouthy.com. Um, and I did that quite uh, inexpensively, you know. Uh, in a lot of cases, Bridget Beck's uh, the guy, the flute player on on uh, some of the CDs. He financed um, uh, the graphics of my CDs and and a lot of other things. And uh, it made for making the CDs quite easy. As you all know, the CD process is, you know, the whole recording. I mean, my first CD took me eight months, the second CD about eight months. And then I got better at it. And, you know, uh, the third CD was about three months. And 
But the point is, is that I can record all these tracks on my own and then upload upload those Pro Tools. So this, uh, so what happened uh, after playing with all these jazz groups and so on and so forth? I really wanted to start doing my own thing and promoting the CDs. Um, and I started with uh, a partial sponsorship with a company called AER, which is a really amazing um, sound uh, system company, uh, powered uh, systems that a lot of guitar players and a lot of acoustic players are using. And from there, um, I they sponsored, partially sponsored me for a, a, a full PA system, and I started doing a lot of gigs with Burdette Becks uh, on flute, uh, promoting my my music all around uh, Germany, Luxembourg, you know, uh, uh, Portugal, uh, Vienna de Castillo Jazz Festival, and uh, just just playing all over the place. And and I did that with a duet for quite a long time, almost I'd say, pretty much the whole time, uh, almost the whole time I was there in Germany, which was uh, from '95 to 2010, almost. Um, and. So yeah, uh, after that, uh, well, I'm sorry, uh, from 2007. Then 2007, we moved to England. Same thing. I ended up being a teacher at Mildenhall and Lake and Heath Air Force bases, um, teaching. And then I went ahead and started hitting the Cambridge scene. I met um, uh, this one club, Bird in Hand. I saw a sign saying "Jazz" right outside the gate, and I walked in. And I met an agent in there, and he started to. He would literally come and pick me up at my house and take me into Cambridge and and I started joining the jazz scene out there and uh, once again fusion straight ahead just a whole mix and and once again I started meeting people from you know uh, just all over the place you know playing London and you know mostly Cambridge London up in you know Manchester I mean up up north and and um, pretty much the same thing as Germany just playing around uh, not so much promoting my CDs uh, uh, I was doing just a lot of fusion stuff and uh, I had a, a, a trio that I played with quite often, and um, and then uh, after that, I ended up uh, coming back, coming here to Colorado Springs in 2010. Well, before we get that scoop, let's hear another tune. So, uh, Island Dancing is that off your third CD? You said. Well, Island Dancing is off of my uh, first CD, and uh, it's just a song once again. Uh, these songs, I mean, I, 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 it's very rarely I sit down and just write something. It, it just, it, a melody comes and then I have to quickly go somewhere. And this is just one of those songs that after I played it, uh, it the only thing I could think of was Island Dancing. And that, and I think a lot of it had to do with Puerto Rico when I was born there. And we went back there when I was um, uh, a little older. And I think that whole Island Dancing is is the name that I came up with based on what you'll hear here in a few seconds. Cool. Island Dancing, Rico Southie here on the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam.
That was Rico Southie here on the Colin Truesdale Jazz Jam. That tune was called Island Dancing from a CD called Vision. Vision. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Wrong CD. Destiny. That's what I have here. I was like, okay. <laughs> yes, I'm getting old. You know, it's just my brain just goes, you know. So, Rico, you spent a lot of your life in Europe, which I did not know at all. Yeah, I was there from, I was there from 81 till... Uh, 84 and then 86 till almost 93 and then 95 till 2010. So why did you come to Colorado Springs in 2010? Well, my wife, she, um, uh, even though she was European, she ended up getting her citizenship eventually and, and started working into, uh, the air, the, uh, air force civilian side of things. And, and I mean, she'd worked with the air force back in England before we met, but, she was a, uh, of course, she was uh, working for the English gov- government at the time. But yeah, she got her citizenship and uh, started working her way up the ladder. And, and, you know, she got she did pretty well for herself. And, and uh, there was a thing called the five-year rule where civilians can only live in Germany for five years. This was a, this was a new thing that came out uh, late 2000s or something like that. And uh, she said, okay, it's time. You know, we've got to, we've got to go. We've got to pick a place. And... and um, uh, Colorado seemed to be the most neutral of all places. You know, I mean, there was DC, there was all these, you know, Texas, and but Colorado just seemed to be the one place that uh, uh, seemed, you know, promising and and uh, you know had the mountains and the weather, and you know, we did a lot of research, and 
I actually called Wayne Wilkinson too, you know, when I was in England and I didn't know, I didn't know it at the time, but I found him and asked him about it. And, and, uh, I, you know, we're talking about the jazz and he says, yeah, there's uh, like two guitar players here and I guess you'll be the third one, (laughs) you know, third jazz guitar player. But, um, you know, it, 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 but you know, he, he, it, it was, uh, you know, a decision that we made and, and, uh, my wife wanted to work for the Air Force Academy. So, uh, we ended up here in 2010. So what has been going on with you musically since 2010 in Colorado Springs? Well, you know, it's, it's just the same thing, you know, trying to, uh, uh, fit into the scene. You know, I mean, I played all over the, you know, all over the, just all over the Ricos and the Cuckoos and the Motifs and all the corporate gigs. And, um, I mean, now pretty much, uh, trying to work on, uh, getting some more CDs out. Uh, that's really my main thing. Um, unfortunately I haven't had the, the, uh, the time that I want. Most of the time when I do CDs, I have to really commit at least, uh, you know, a couple of months to really, you know, to focus on this stuff. So hopefully that'll come out here soon. Um, but yeah, I'm still just, just pretty much playing around. I mean, I'm, I've got, you know, Latin jazz trio, uh, with Mark Nyhoff and, uh, Devin Malloy. I'm, you know, I'm playing with, you know, Andy Birdshee and, and Stefan and, um, you know, just trying to just basically make a living. I mean, that's really the bottom line. I'm still teaching. I teach at Peterson Air Force Base, uh, Lucci Music, privately. Uh, so I'm basically doing the same thing that I was doing, you know, years ago. Just just teaching, playing, uh, trying to make CDs, sell CDs, um, and just trying to get out there as much as I possibly can. I mean, this is, I'm not going to say this, I mean, this is not the biggest jazz town in the world. Um, so you've got to mix it up, which I've done, you know, uh, and I've done this in Cambridge as well. And I've done this in Germany. I mean, you, jazz is interesting in that, you know, you know, when you hit them hard, you know, they're, they, a lot of people are clueless, you know, they're like, I don't know what you're doing, you know? So I think through, uh, and being that I like a variety of styles, rock, blues, jazz, funk, so, you know, just all sorts of music. Um, I think through jazz, you know, you can hit, uh, a lot of people, um, uh, kind of, kind of bring them in slowly with just a variety of different styles, and so that's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm just kind of hitting a whole bunch of styles, trying to do my original music. I mean, the, the problem with trying to get uh, my original music out, and I, I do play it, but is keeping a consistent band. A lot of bands that I play with, or a lot of musicians, they're all playing with other bands, and to really try to get guys to commit on a regular basis is very difficult. So. Um, I've had to do 99.9, I'd say 99 point, yeah, 9% of my gigs now are solo gigs. You know, um, a lot of it is just, um, due to a certain amount of money that I want to get for myself and, um, you know, the fact that a lot of venues can't afford, you know, trios records that. So, uh, that's pretty much what I'm doing now. A lot of solo gigs, trios here and there, um, selling my CDs at my gigs and, um, just trying to, trying to. You know, live the dream. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear one more tune off of uh, one of these CDs. This is uh, Dog Walk off of which CD? This is off Vision. Okay. Dog Walk here, Rico Southie on the Call of Truzo Jazz Jam.
That was Dog Walk, written by Mr. Rico Southie here in the studio on the Colin Truesdell Jazz Jam. Rico, so uh, real quick, we need to just know where people can find these CDs. You got a website, right? Yes, you can go to Rico, R-I-C-O, Southie, S-O-U-T-H-E-E.com. Uh, you can go there, and, and I've got a music player there with all my tunes you can listen to for free. Uh, and then you can go to iTunes or Amazon.com. I mean, there's you know there's there's scattered all over the place. I'm with a company called TuneCore, but uh, iTunes, Amazon, I've checked. You can get most of my tunes there. Download them. CD baby, if they want the physical. Uh, no, I'm not with CD. I'm only with uh, TuneCore. So, so no uh, CDs. through TuneCore, you know, there's Rhapsody and Napster. You're gonna find me scattered through Rhapsody and Napster. Uh, Core iTunes and Amazon for sure. Uh, under Rico South, you should find all my music. Uh, at those at those sites and of course uh you can see where i'm performing around town if you want to buy cds directly from me you can do that as well awesome so people in the local area in colorado springs and colorado they could come check you out at at uh, any steady gigs that that you have every single month absolutely i've got my calendar up and you can just see uh pretty much where i'm playing and um come on out and check out um you know check me out um here in the big city of Colorado Springs. Oh, yeah. Well, Rico, we really appreciate you coming on the show. We like to expose and kind of uh, feature Colorado Springs local artists and kind of give them a platform to, you know, ha- um, to, to have a voice. And it is difficult in this world that we live in as far as the music business goes. But um, if you are interested in downloading this show, it should be up the next day after the show airs on iTunes as a podcast. 
You can go on to iTunes and type in the Colin Trues Del Jazz Jam and please subscribe to the show. You can also download every show that we have done in the past three months, which is probably about 15 shows, right, Sean? Yeah. Awesome. All right, well... We appreciate you guys tuning in. Please tune in every sun- Sunday night at 8 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. And every Tuesday, the show re-airs at 4 p.m. So we're going to end with another recording off of our duo recording. This is Just Friends off the Hanlon Truesdale Project. We'll see you next time, ladies and gentlemen. Take care and be good.
Thank you.